Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. That's why I don't understand why everybody's so quick to make a change because the plays are still going to be called in the manner that they're called. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello to everyone in Steelers Nation. I'm Stan Saverin, and welcome to Saverin on Steelers podcast. We have a couple new ones for you each and every week, loaded with Steelers content. Uh, please tell your friends if you enjoy what you're listening to, let them know that we're available. Also, speaking of available, uh, you can listen to my daily talk show on ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM. Um, you can get that over the air, of course, and also on the iHeartMedia app. I also tweet out uh, every hour of every show. Uh, you can get that on my Twitter account, at Stan, love the show. The Steelers getting ready to play a Thursday night game. Tough on both teams. Uh, very difficult on both teams. The bright side is that you get a nice extra half a week off for the next game, which would be at home against the New York Jets. We saw some evidence of that Monday night, if you were able to watch the game. Buffalo, of course, opened on a Thursday. They clobbered the L.A. Rams and then didn't look like they needed the extra time off. Uh, as they uh, really took care last uh, Monday night of the Tennessee Titans in uh, a blowout game. Uh, Watching the Buffalo game had some significance to me. Uh, The Bills took the opening drive for a touchdown, and it just looked so easy in the way that they did it. Now, it's not easy to score points in the NFL, no doubt about that. But it shouldn't be as hard as it has been for the Steelers in the first two games of this season. It just shouldn't be that difficult. Even the Atlanta Falcons, who, who knows, we'll find out, is is the worst team in the NFL. It's not going to be a good team. Let's put it that way. They even put up 27 on the L.A. Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, who pretty much rode their defense to the title a year ago. And yet here were the Falcons putting up 27 points. Now, that's just one game. Teams have good games. Teams have bad games defensively. But still, it's an offensive league. And yet here are the Steelers struggling to get a first down, let alone a touchdown. Two offensive touchdowns this entire season. And obviously, it was barely enough against Cincinnati. It wasn't nearly enough against New England this past week. The question becomes, is it the offense? Is it the structure of the offense? Is it the design of the offense that's the problem? Meaning Matt Canada's offense, and he's 
I don't want to say solely responsible for it. There are other offensive coaches who have input, but conceptually, it is the Matt Canada offense. Is it on him? Is it the play calling? Or doesn't the play calling matter? If the plays that you've ordered up don't work, doesn't really matter when you call them or sequentially when you use them. Is there a basic flaw in this offense? Or the other half of that is, is it on the quarterback? comes down to that. Is it the coordinator or is it the quarterback? The third element here, and that's the offensive line. I mean, obviously, if the Steelers were able to run the ball better than they have, and they did do slightly better against New England than they did against the Bengals, but not good enough. If they were able to run the ball more successfully, I think that would make the Canada offense more effective because of the use of play action. And that's where I get back to the Buffalo game. Almost everything they do, and it looks like even though Ken Dorsey is now the offensive coordinator, it looks like Brian Dable, who was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, now the head coach of the New York Giants, who are 2-0, and by the way, it's still his offense. Almost everything is predicated off play action. They run the ball successfully. It opens up opportunities for Josh Allen. And that's why I look at that, that initial drive by the Bills. Allen took off on a scramble run and got a first down. Now, I don't want to make a running quarterback the staple of the Steelers' offense. Because Mitch Trubisky, nor Kenny Pickett, they're not Lamar Jackson. And I don't think that's advisable even in Baltimore. I mean, how many playoff games have they won with their primary offensive threat, a running quarterback? And the answer is one out of five. So I'm not trying to turn the Steeler offense into that. But just Josh Allen running on that one play reinforced Tennessee's idea, we have to be prepared for that. We have to be ready for that, whether it's a scramble or whether it's a designed run. And when we talk about the blame or who's most responsible for the Steelers' offensive woes, one of the things that I look at is that they're not getting any running production from the quarterback when they've got a quarterback who's capable. Again, I don't want to make it a staple. But I think some of those short dump-offs or incompletions could have been scrambles by Trubisky. At the very least, if you plant the seed in the mind of the defensive coordinator, we have to protect against this. It hurts their pass defense. For example, I'm sure Tennessee spent a good portion of their practice time wondering what they were going to do in dealing with Josh Allen running. And even if you don't run once all game, the thought is there. The seed has been planted. Now, Trubisky scrambling is not an antidote for a poor passing game. Not at all. 
but taking off once in a while or calling a design run by the quarterback might loosen things up over the middle where they are reluctant, if not loath, to go. I do know that in watching the game Sunday at Acrisure Stadium, my first chance to actually watch the game in person as the opener was on the road, and you only can see what the TV cameras allow you to see, there were occasions, I thought, where Mitch Trubisky went to his checkdown guy way too early. Without letting the pattern develop. If you want a quarterback to go deeper, and notice I'm not saying deep. I'm not talking about deep home run balls. Just deeper than what we've seen. You've got to give the pattern an opportunity to develop. And I'm not so sure he's doing that. And then comes the question, conundrum really, is this just Mitch trying to protect his job? Is this just Trubisky being overly cautious? Or is he playing the way the way the coaches want him to play? Whichever the primary reason is, it's not working. A classic example also came Sunday on the New England side of the ball. Mac Jones threw one up for Nelson Aguilar at the goal line, and it should have been knocked down by Akella Witherspoon, but he came up with a touchdown catch. Why haven't we seen that with George Pickens or Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool? The worst thing that can happen is it gets intercepted, which then serves like a punt. Next worst thing, an incompletion. But maybe you get a catch. Maybe you get a big splash play, a chunky yardage. Maybe you get a pass interference. 15 yards and a first down. At least try it. It at least backed the defense off a little bit. That's where I find the flaw in the Canada offense. It doesn't seem that they're willing to do that. Based on comments after the New England game, you're getting the distinct impression that the Steelers' coaching staff is micromanaging Trubisky. Pounding into his head, don't make a mistake. We can't afford to turn it over. Well, I mean, that's always true, right? Unless you're winning by five touchdowns, you never want to turn the ball over. But you also need to score. And as I mentioned at the beginning, scoring points is not easy, but it just shouldn't be this hard. Mitch Trubisky, when interviewed earlier in the week, said no. He's not allowed to call an audible on certain Matt Canada called plays. Why not? Former Steeler quarterback Charlie Batch joins us now. Charlie's been talking about this lack of audible availability to the Steeler quarterbacks for a long time. And, Charlie, I guess the question bears asking, 
is Mitch Trubisky in full charge of the huddle and the line scrimmage. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, no, it's not. And, you know, we've talked about this, you know, on the post game there, Stan. And it's just something that, you know, the control at the line of scrimmage is not what it used to be under previous coordinators. And we saw that with Ben Roethlisberger last year. It's continuing to happen right now. And I don't need it to be confirmed by anybody on the staff or anything of that nature. I just know what the mechanics at the line of scrimmage looks like from the position, and I'm not seeing that at all. Well, Mitch Trubisky was quoted in an interview um, just today where he did say that, he no, he's not allowed to call audibles on all of the plays that are sent in. Makes you believe he, he, he may be given some latitude on some, but not on most of them, apparently. Yeah, and that's the case. And, and, you know, last year, you know, I said that immediately after the week one win against Buffalo last year, and I said Ben can audible at the line of scrimmage. And people were looking at it, laughing at me. Oh, well, he's 18-year vet. He should be able to do what he wants to do at the line of scrimmage. You would think, but it's not the case. And here we are right now, and it's something that, you know, you have to be able to audibleize out of it because there are certain things that you may see on a play that you just didn't prepare for because you got caught off guard. And that's when the in-game adjustments are supposed to happen. Right now, you're not seeing any of that. And right now, what you see is what you get. If the play is called, that is going to be it, and there's no changing whatsoever. And that's the part that's frustrating. And if defensive coordinators know that, you better believe they, you know, they hold the advantage. What, if you can possibly describe it, is this offense supposed to look like? I mean, we keep referring to the, quote, Matt Canada offense. What what should it look like if it was uh, operating efficiently? Well, I think it's supposed to be some creativity to it. Outside of the jet sweeps, that's the only creativity that we do have. You know, so these are things that, you know, we, we thought that we were going to see it this year only because, you know, he kept saying, well, he needs his pieces. Okay, well, Ben Roethlisberger is not as mobile. We're seeing all of this, and maybe in some cases it's worse because, you know, at least with Ben, when they got behind, he was starting to press the tempo a little bit and no huddle and was able to get us back into the, the game, and that's where you saw a lot more passing yardage happening. Right now it's just not the case, and unfortunately – where you're not able to run the ball consistently, in uh, which I believe in Matt Canada's offense, a lot of that comes down to play action. And when you're not able to run the football, that part of the game is eliminated. Yeah, that's why I included the offensive line and what's responsible, because the running game, it looked like it was slightly better on Sunday, but not nearly good enough. Um, and this is going to be the case, I think, with every quarterback. 
um, Ben, in his podcast today, said that every quarterback misses open guys. He said, watching uh, on Sunday night, watching Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest ever play the game, miss wide open receivers. There's one play in particular where he had George Pickens wide open and he throw the check. He threw a check down. Um, do you think that he's he's being too cautious because they told him whatever you do, don't throw an interception? Do you believe he's playing freely? I, I, well, I would like to think he's playing freely, but right now it's like looks like he's playing not to make a mistake. And it's anytime that you're looking over your shoulder, and you know the heat is on because of what's what's happening behind you with the first round pick with Kenny Pickett there. Yeah, that's going to eventually eat up inside of you. And I know you mentioned about the, the George Pickens play, and I tweeted out earlier uh, yesterday as somebody tweeted at me said, "Well, you missed a wide open guy," and I took it from the end zone copy. And when I took it from the end zone copy, and there's two views that I showed on it, if you go back and watch my Twitter, but from the time that he takes his seven-step drop, he sets steps that the play is not developing right now. And when he sees the middle of the field safety, he's coming off of that read. So I don't know if that's a combination of the play is taking too long to develop, but either way it's not matching up with the drop. Typically, if you're going down the field in that manner, you do it off of play action a little bit to buy yourself some time. You don't do it off a straight drop back. So that's why he ended up coming off of that particular read and throwing the check down. Is it worth just taking a shot to George Pickens? And I bring up the touchdown pass that the Eagles had. They threw one up, and guess what? They got a touchdown. Who knows? Maybe you get a touchdown to George Pickens uh, or Claypool or somebody. Maybe you get a pass interference call. Um, At the very least, you put some fear in the defense that, hey, we will go deep whether we complete this or not. I think that's the old uh, Joe Flacco rule. Yeah. You know, he was going to let you know. He was going to throw it up, and he was going to throw a moon ball several times a game. And if 50-50 ball, yes, we we say that. But if you can get a penalty on top of it, you know, yeah, you you know, it, it, you know, it, 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 I wouldn't say it defeats the purpose, but it actually impacts the play. So these are things that, you know, you, you want to see happen. And George is going to have to continue to evolve on his route tree because the moment that he starts to beat people deep, they're going to start taking that go route away and force him to run other routes. Unfortunately, we're not even seeing the go route. And how everybody got excited in the preseason, including myself, I thought we would see a lot more of George Pickens in this offense, in turn helping somebody like a Chase Claypool getting those targets, and neither of those things happen. I wonder also, Charlie, if you uh, would agree with me on this, I've discussed this on the program, uh, that being uh, watching Buffalo last night. And I realize that that's Buffalo. Uh, to me, they might be the best team in the NFL. We'll find out. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that Mitch Trubisky is Josh Allen. Josh Allen looks to be a unique talent. But on that opening drive, they just made it look so easy. And I thought a lot of it was predicated on one play, and that was a Josh Allen scramble because the defense just could not come up to the line of scrimmage. Trubisky's a great athlete, yet we really haven't seen him, A, take off on a scramble, or B, a design run. Um, do you think that would help improve the offense? At, at least just showing a defense, hey, you, you, you better back off a little bit because this guy can take off. Yeah, you would like to see that element in there. You do see some movement in the pocket there, but that's not, you know, in the manner that you're describing in this particular case. You want to see him loosen up the defense when you see maybe a two-man coverage and nobody's accounting for the quarterback, then you can take off and run and get those yardage and let them know, hey, I saw the coverage. Y'all better count for me too. So these are things that you'll continue to see. 
you know, but again, when you don't have an identity on the offensive side of the ball, it's very tough to really figure out what tendencies are there. I just think it's too handcuffed. And this is, you know, when you have most quarterbacks that are coming in, typically the offensive coordinator will build their playbook around who they have at quarterback. Right now you're not seeing it. And it really gives me those early indications of as Ben was coming out of Bruce Arians' offense, entering into Todd Haley's offense. Todd was similar, very similar in that particular approach in 2012. And it wasn't until Ben and, and Todd really had a conversation and said, you have to trust me at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to get us in the right play, take the reins off of me, and open up the playbook. And until that conversation happens, then that's when you saw, you know, Ben really taking off in Todd Haley's offense, throwing, for, you know, for 4,900 yards in that particular offense. I just don't know if Mitch will have that particular patience Right now, I don't think we, you know, people will have patience with him to allow him to grow in Matt Canada's offense because if things don't go well this Cleveland game, Stan, 10 days before the Jets game, you better believe everybody around Pittsburgh and including Steelers Nation will say it's Kenny Pickett time. Yep. Uh, no doubt. With a short week, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and I don't think it would happen in the game. But I think you're right if, if it comes to that. My question would be, you know, talking about trust, um, does it look like there isn't a lot of trust between the starting quarterback and the offensive coordinator? I'm not suggesting that they're at each other's throats, um, but we've heard some comments, guys arguing in the huddle, uh, or at least suggesting plays, um, that kind of thing. Does Trubisky have the kind of pedigree to say to his offensive coordinator, hey, you got to trust me? I mean, he's not, he's not well, Ben. Yeah. He's not Ben. Yeah, well, when you are that guy and you're the one getting critiqued, you better believe Mitch better be saying, you got to trust <laughs> me. So those particular conversations, yeah, I, I truly believe that Matt and Mitch has a, has a really good relationship. Here's the one thing that people don't see that happens all the time. You have your number one receiver in Deontay Johnson. You just got paid a bunch of money. He's whispering on the left side of Mitch's ear, hey, throw me the ball. I know the particular route. It doesn't call for me to be the first option, but look at me first. Then you have on the other side Chase Claypool saying, hey, I want my numbers up too. Look for me as well. Those type of things happen, and now you're trying to force the ball into reads because you're trying to make everybody else happy. Hey, I've seen this all. I've seen it a ton. Even when Ben was at quarterback, he would now have to force the ball to a, a Heinz Ward or force the ball to an Antonio Brown early in the ball game to get them going in the game. And if we saw in the second quarter that maybe these guys didn't get a ball thrown their way, then you have to make a conscious effort to now attempt to throw the football to them to keep them happy. Because if not, those guys will start to pout. You try not to do it, but the body language says it all. I've seen it as quarterbacks, and as I started in this league a number of years as well, I had to go through that. So that is a very tough task that people don't see that goes on behind the scenes. Well, I'll go you one better, if you will. I remember Terry Bradshaw telling me the toughest thing he had to do all week uh, was to keep Swan and Stallworth happy. Even in practice, they'd be chirping in his ear, "I'm open, I'm open." Get you. so, and they're they were talking Even, about to your to your point, Stan. Just for that, in practice, there are times that you have to say, "I know I would have threw the ball to player X, but I had to throw it the other direction because he didn't get a ball in practice." So you better believe it happens in <laughs> practice, and it leads into the game. They're directly to your point. No, that's yeah, that's that's fairly uh, fairly. Uh, remarkable. Um, George Pickens was asked, and again, he's a rookie, um, about, you know, this lack of productivity because he's had a lack of opportunity. Um, and he's, and they, uh, somebody asked him, are you open? He said, 
look, he said, I'm a bigger guy, which he is. He's 6'3". He said, I run in the low fours. He said, I'm always open. He said, I always have a step on somebody. And then the follow-up question was, well, what did they do uh, at Georgia to get you going? He said, if things weren't going well, they'd throw me a hitch, give me some space to make a move. Um, what would your reaction be just early uh, to throw him a, you know, a little bit of a hitch just to get him the ball? Oh, I, I love the confidence that he has because that's what I want if you want you know if you're speaking to a receiver. So from that perspective, perspective is great. Now when I go back and look at the film, I don't 100% agree that he's open every single play. But that's just me as I watch the film. Now I don't know the design of plays and who's number one or number two, but there are plays that are in that particular manner. But they have to get him get him involved some way somehow. But that's Matt Canada's job. He has to now figure out a way to get everybody involved. And the flip side to that is I always remember a guy that, you know, Heath Miller, and he would go back and Heath would never say a word. He'd be like, Heath, were you open? He's like, not really. If you go back and watch film and he's wide open. <laughs> so he never complained about whether he got the ball or not because he understood his role. But when you have receivers in those particular elements, man, everybody wants to be part of the highlights and want to contribute to be part of this team. And right now there's not enough balls to go around. And that lets you know that there's, when you look at the total offense numbers, if everybody's not happy, or at least three quarters of the people aren't happy, that means you're not taking, you're not having those opportunities to be able to gel in stadiums. Charlie, this goes back to what you're saying about uh, Mitch not wanting to make a mistake. Uh, Bill Cower was quoted as saying that Mitch Trubisky looks like he's more concerned about not making a mistake than he is about making plays. Um, you alluded to this earlier. He understands the circumstance because he was in that same position on the other end of it. When he was drafted by Chicago, there was a veteran ahead of him, and people were clamoring for Trubisky. Now the shoe's on the other foot. Uh, everybody's aware that Kenny Pickett is sitting there. Um, with each passing game, it becomes more likely a change is going to be made. Um, does Mitch Trubisky finally say, uh, I'm going to be more instinctive. I'm going to I'm going to do what I think I need to do. I want to follow the coach's instructions, but this isn't getting me anywhere. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, we're playing on national TV, so everybody's going to get an opportunity to talk about this and watch it in person and then from there figure out, you know, what happens or what Mike Tomlin is going to do. Mike said he wasn't going to pull him. He was he has total confidence in there. You have to take him on his word. But when you get to that point, you better believe everybody is clamoring. And the only way that you make a change, yes, you know, obviously their injuries are one thing, but if you make a change and you go to Kenny Pickens, there is no going back to Mitch Trubisky, either unless there's an injury. Kenny is going to be your guy moving forward. But if you make that move, you're telling everybody that the quarterback is the reason why we're not winning. And I go and all I all I want people to do is caution themselves because all they have to do is look at what happened in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo, they tried to give the job to Trey Lance. It didn't allow Jimmy to be part of the organization in any offseason program as he was going through his rehab. And then all of a sudden, he now comes in as the backup because they couldn't trade him, and Trey gets hurt. And now all of a sudden, the organization has to say, hey, Jimmy, we love you. We <laughs> don't, don't believe any of that. That's what's going to happen. So you got to tread lightly here as it relates to what you do with the quarterback position. And the last thing, Charlie, um, if indeed the coaching staff doesn't want the quarterbacks uh, you know, taking too big of a bite out of the apple – be cautious, be conservative, why would it be even going to Kenny Pickett change? In other words, if the philosophy is the same, 
why would the play of the quarterback be any different, even if it is a different quarterback? Absolutely. And that, that's why I don't understand why everybody's so quick to make a change because the plays are still going to be called in the manner that they're called. Right. So you're not making a, you're not making a change that way. So if people expect that you're averaging right now with 16 points a game roughly over the last year and some change. You don't expect them to now all of a sudden Kenny's in the game and you're going to be putting up 30 points a game and it's going to look like Buffalo's offense or Kansas City's offense. That's not going to happen. So you have to make sure that, you know, to make sure you have realistic expectations of what you're going to have if Kenny inserts into the lineup. But here's the other caveat to this. Steelers Nation is spoiled because the last time a rookie quarterback had to go in there, he, uh, he went undefeated the rest of the regular season with Ben Roethlisberger. So the minute Kenny Pickens lose, oh, he's no Kenny, he's no Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so, again, it comes back to the point of realistic expectations. Ben had a heck of a defense in 2004 as a rookie. This defense is nowhere near where they were in 2004, mainly because T.J. Watt is out of his lineup right now. Former Steeler quarterback Charlie Batch and a member of the Steelers radio network broadcast crew with his thoughts about quarterbacking. He should know he played 16 years in the NFL, both as a starter and as a backup, of course, a backup here to Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Quarterback controversy, no team needs that. No team wants that. Because eventually you begin to get divisions in your locker room. Players naturally take sides. Doesn't mean they don't like both. But as the clamor grows, they're asked about it in interviews. They're reluctant to talk about it, which is understandable. It's just not good for team culture. And the best way to get out of that is to have Mitch Trubisky hang on to his job, and lead a more productive offense. It wouldn't take much for this to be more productive. Again, we appreciate you joining us on the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, anybody you're speaking to that we're up with two different podcasts each and every week. Again, you can join me and Charlie Batch on the Steelers postgame show after each and every Steelers game. And you can join me Monday through Friday noon to 2 Eastern time for Saverin on Sports on ESPN Pittsburgh. That's it for now. We'll see you next time on Saverin on Steelers. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.